look, I know where you're at and I know what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do that because this right. is what's going to happen. And this is what you're going to do. Instead of doing that, we're going to do this, this, and this, and I'm going to do it with you. Well, no, I, I, I'm not, I'm not discounting right? that part. I'm just saying when you say it's, it's easier because I got nothing to lose. I'm like, yeah, you do. You still got everything to lose. Right, you do. You do. But that's a rational thought that we don't have. And we, you know, we, we lack rationality. Right, we because do. there's too much emotion involved in the situation, and that's why I, for me, it's poor battling me. the addiction was battling my emotions. Thought he was gonna pass out. Oh, I'm losing my mind. Welcome to the, welcome everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Talk Hard Podcast, where we like to talk hard about every single thing known to man. We like to pee you off. We like to coddle you. We like to pat you on the butt and tell you you're doing a great job out there while you're doing nothing and living off the government. We are that type of podcast. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, I gotta go because I just want to get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> and we are very much working on getting canceled. If you want to watch the last episode, that's probably gonna be the one. Yep. Sign me up, Scotty. Welcome to the show, guys. Hi, my name is Marty Norman. I'm still Brian Gordon. And that is Chris Cobb over there on the... I don't even know what you call it, Chris. For Where all, are you? For all you that are wondering, I never change clothes. He doesn't. Ever. He doesn't. It's way less laundry to do. I'm efficient. And the only time I put on clothes is for the show. So... So I guess uh, well, there be maybe 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 it's backwards thinking. So if I have to go home and wash my clothes and get them out in the morning, am I doing more laundry or less? Okay, let me rephrase. So every night when I come home, my wife has to do my laundry. <laughs> You're how dare you, man? How bullshit. dare you? Like, how dare you? That is the one thing that we share. I'll be fully honest. My wife does the cooking primarily because I just don't want to. And you suck at it. And I'm not. Well, I'm can you, uh, I can cook a damn that. good steak. Let me ask you this: in, in, this, in, this, in this world, in this world uh-huh. of uh, you know, no roles, mm-hmm. no uh, gender-specific roles that that the, the world wants us to be, uh, you know, partake in, which I disagree. Okay. Uh, do you cook the meat? Are you the meat man? I don't. I like to smoke me, me a good meat. Maybe you didn't hear me. I didn't. I don't cook. <laughs> I like to cook steak. I have I, my, look. I, I, I know Jess how cannot, to cook. Jess, if Jess cooks a steak, I promise you, I'm gonna throw it in trash just off principle. It may be the most delicious steak on the planet, but if she cooks it off principle, I'm throwing it in trash. And secondly, this is my chauvinistic ways. Mm-hmm. She is not allowed to cook chili. I promise you, in almost three years, I have never once been allowed to cook the steak. Or the chili. If I were you, I would just be happy about that because I'm telling you right now. (laughs) Food tastes better when you don't make it, so I'm okay with it. I worked my butt off to get where I am today so that I don't have to do certain things. Now, my wife likes to cook, so it's not like that's her job. Oh, my God. How dare you say that's her job? If she doesn't, I ask her, I I constantly text her, what would you like me to go get for dinner? (laughs) She's like, bro, I'm going to cook something tonight. And that's what she says. No, it's okay. I'll cook. And I'm like, okay, you can cook or we can get like, I'm talking, I don't go, I'm not fast food. I'm talking like restaurant. Let's order it. I'll pick it up, bring it home and we'll have restaurant quality food at every, home. Every single night if of the that's week. That's what it takes. Yes. That's why I work as hard as I do. Yes. And, and trust me, um, you know, being a single man, if I was a single man, when I was a single man, I mean, now probably two, two, two times a day. If, if fast food and restaurants didn't exist when I was a single man, I would die. 
like legitimately starved to death, or I would be living on cereal. <laughs> I look. I think cereal Ramen for dinner noodles. is. Uh, I won't do too, that. It's still way too much effort. Yeah, I, it, cereal is. That requires reading for the first three or four times. <laughs> Like, when do I put the sauce in? Before or after? Like, sauce. Oh. <laughs> powdered sauce, whatever. It's the same thing as McDonald's eggs. <laughs> but, uh, but cereal is an acceptable dinner for anybody, any standards for any, any mothers any out there. Life, yes. If you're the mother and if you're the mother who, if you are a mother and you you enjoy cooking, cereal for your, if you enjoy cooking for your children and your husband, I hope I'm not making nobody mad here. If you want to have cereal for dinner a couple of nights a week, I think it's a completely acceptable. That's all. Well, here's the other problem is I am very <laughs> like, uh, I'm like Mr. Efficiency on all levels in life. So I will eat the same thing over and over and over because and, I will find the fastest and best way to make that dish so that I can, because I eat for purpose. I don't eat for pleasure. I don't really care that much. I don't like dig into a steak and I'm like, oh my God, that was amazing. If I'm starving, everything's amazing. But other than that, it's just Uh, nutrients that will feed me and make me feel better. I did notice if I didn't eat out, I would get the crock pot out and throw some things in it. And that would be a meal for at least two or three days. And then I have to throw the crock pot away because it requires a dish that I have to wash. And now I got to buy a crock pot too. You just got to buy the insert. (laughs) You know what I mean? You throw the insert away, you know? No, like like 20 bucks. If my wife said, will you cook tonight? Thousand percent. Hands down. Wouldn't bat an eye. But am I going to sign up for it and just be doing it? It better be a special occasion. (laughs) That's just me. But she knows that. So it's not like it was funny because I came home the other night and she was barefoot in the kitchen oh my god no actually you're gonna make we are getting canceled (laughs) we're getting canceled she made the comment okay she was barefoot in the kitchen and she goes look i'm just where i belong i'm barefoot in the kitchen cooking dinner and i was like well we finally got our life in order i just want to say this the views that are expressed by brian gordon have nothing to do with me do not cancel me cancel brian gordon you can cancel me all you want. Me and my wife are so happy. It's <laughs> look, what it, so. look what it did to Andrew Tate when they canceled him. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, cancel more, me all day long. Got more popular. Probably made more money. to feed. Please don't cancel us. Yeah. I mean, okay, hold on. So we're, we're, way talking, about we're talking about what is going on in this country today in the reality of the new law in order or severe lack thereof. I saw something a few new months ago. Order. I sent this to you. And it... You got to quit that. Basically says she can't hear it, so it's different. (laughs) It basically showed two younger men traffic a severe level. Like, there's no personal use involved in the level of fentanyl in their trunk. And they were released with no bail within hours of being arrested. Oh, they snitched. On the cartel? <laughs> Doubt that's, it. That's where that's going to come from. How much, how much was it? It was like four backpacks full. Of fentanyl. Of fentanyl. Like press pills or? Like press pills, fentanyl. Like I wouldn't want to ride in that car because if the AC turned up too much, we'd all be dead. <laughs> uh, well. Like windows up, airtight. I don't want to breathe at all. Give me an oxygen mask and then maybe we can talk about it. Yeah. But it's happening everywhere. We're seeing people do these things with drugs and get away with it like it's no big deal. Well, first and foremost, guys, if you are struggling with drugs or alcohol addiction, please reach out to us right down there. Chris will put the number down there. Reach out to us. We will get you in treatment. We will help you out. We will write. We will show you a path 
other than the one you're on, which is there's only three things promised, you know, jails, institutions, and death with the path of addiction and drug use. And today it's, it's ever more real than it's more real than ever because, you know, when I was using drugs, fentanyl wasn't really a thing. Right. Uh, I could go, you know, I I was a, I was, I, I was a dumpster, right? I, I alcoholic for 25 years, but in between that alcoholic, in between the alcohol, it was a lot of meth use. So meth, you know, I started off with cocaine. Cocaine turned into crack. Crack turned into methamphetamines for about 13 years. And then you were just cooking it differently because it's all the same thing. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> My, you know, I, yeah, so crack and cocaine. Once I learned how to, uh, Use baking soda in there. <laughs> Shit changed, right? Then all my buddies started cooking meth during the whole meth phase. And then uh, I spent about 13 years doing that. And then old heroin hit the streets pretty hard, right? So uh, you got into that for like, the last five or six years. But there wasn't a lot of fentanyl around, you know? And when there was, it was like a fentanyl patch, you know? And it was it was rare. But um, so the dope game has changed, So nowadays, every time you get high, it's like playing Russian roulette. It's like putting a gun up to your head, spinning the chamber, and taking a shot because you don't know how much or how little fentanyl's in each shot. You're taking a Xanax. You're buying Xanax off the street. You're buying what you think is Oxycontin off the streets. And nine times out of ten these days, nine times out of ten, there is no benzodiazepines in said Xanax. It's usually just fentanyl and, 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 and Tylenol. And you for, know? Those, for those current possible drug users or people that know people that are using the drugs that are in this world and have yet to overdose, let me give you a personal experience that I highly doubt anybody will ever rebut. There's no warning. You're just out, and it's too late. Yeah. Before you know what's happening... You're foaming at the mouth, passed out, and this is, I'm imagining what happened because this is the story I was told, but I don't really know because I don't remember a date. It's like out, cold, like a part of your life has now vanished and you will never get it back if you survive it. That is a big if. So when you do this, a lot of these people have this thing like, well, if I start to feel like I'm going to, I'll keep a Narcan pen. Bro, by the time you even realize that there's a Narcan pen next to you, you're out. Yeah, there's and, out. and you know, in, in the world of drug addiction and drug addicts, there's not a lot of courageous people. And you hear stories all the time how, you know, people were getting in a high in this house and, and somebody overdosed and died and everybody left said person mm-hmm. instead of calling 911 or, you know, there's Narcan available on every corner damn near now. You know, if you don't, if you're a drug addict and you don't have Narcan, you're reckless. And, and you know, and I, I get it, you know. Like, look, the thought, the fear of dying when I was an addict <laughs> wasn't even a thought. I didn't care if I died. I just know that I needed to get well. I know I needed to get better. I knew I, need, I knew what I needed to do to feel, because I was in a constant state of sickness, whether it be from, um, you know, hungover from alcohol or dope sick in the morning. Like, I was in a constant state of sickness, and I knew only one way to get well, and the thought of, like, oh, I may die never crossed my mind, you know? And I and, and it doesn't a lot of people, which is why I'm so happy that Narcan's available everywhere, and, and most people have it available now. I have it in every vehicle, every, you know, everywhere around, you know, uh, just in case I run into somebody on the streets. Um, but you know, the fentanyl game is it's, I I don't understand it. Uh, 
I do know that when I was using, uh, was I, when I was using dope, the, you know, it started to get to the point where the dope was getting really, really stepped on and really bad, you know, and, and I happened to get out around that same time. But I, I know now, I know why they put in the fentanyl in the dope to make it better, to make it good, right? It's cheaper. It's way cheaper. It's way cheaper to give you that euphoria of it's way cheaper. whatever they want to call it. Now, I admit, the first time I did it, it was amazing for well, and, and a minute, and, and then I threw up because it was too much. And then it was the first time I, like, snorted an oxy. I was like, whoo, and then yeah. the taste settled in. I was like, Bleh, and then I was like, okay. <laughs> and all the blood rushes to your head, and you get really high, and then you're like, now you spend the next 15 years chasing down that high, and it never happens again, and then I feel just disappointed. Well, so you go to different it, dealers and different dealers and try different things. I think the problem is they've lost that high. And when fentanyl came out and someone told a story about it, they're like, oh, I'm going to get that back. Yeah. I'm going to get that high. I'm going to get so high I don't know where I'm at. Here's my thing. Well, you got I, different, different people. Well, here's the problem with it, right? You got some guy in a hotel or in a basement, you know, or in the trap house mixing fentanyl with he's a whatever. He's Marty. Leave him alone. Yeah, he's, he's definitely uh, FDA he's regulated. Yes, and he's mixing it, you know, and you don't know what, and he's pressing pills, and you don't know how much, because it only takes. My drug dealer went to Harvard <laughs> and graduated my, with a my, degree my, in chemistry, so I was okay. Mine went to Penn State. <laughs> No, state pen. State yeah, pen. yeah, yeah. State They're backwards. Pen. It's okay, yeah. though. Yeah. Here's my thing. I understood the alcohol addiction more than I've probably understood anything else because I know of and have told plenty of the stories where you're like, man, I got so drunk last night. It's a fun story. Right. Most of the time, right? Sometimes you get arrested. Sometimes you get stupid fights, but usually... Get drunk. You wake up. You get a hangover. It's a silly story. Then it turns you may into have to something. Call your buddy. So I understood that one getting out of control a little bit more. I am yet to tell a story where like, man, I did so much heroin last night. We were rocking. It was so good. We were all sleeping everywhere. It was so great. <laughs> I don't even know who was awake. It was amazing. Like I don't. By the time and by, I did it, it was always hidden. Well, that's the thing with with us heroin addicts. It's like it never starts off that way. Like it, it's such a slow. It's not slow. But it's such a process. Like, you start with alcohol. Like, everybody, you have a good time. You have fun. You smoke some weed. You eat some acid, right? You do some cocaine. Have a great time. Next thing you know, heroin's brought onto the scene. And you do a little bump, and you feel good. You feel like, this is great. And then the next morning, you wake up, and you do another bump. And then the next day, and the next thing you know, you're stuck in this habitual cycle of doing more and more and more. To get that feeling you was just talking about, mm -hmm. you're doing more and more and more. And next thing you know, you're nodding out, you're sleeping, you're 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 uh, you, you know on the verge of overdose, damn near every time. And then fentanyl hits the streets, right? And you're already in that chaotic mess. And the next thing you know, your heroin isn't working, and you're searching for that fentanyl. Mm -hmm. You know, you're searching for that dealer. You heard somebody overdosed in your in your community, died from this this batch. And that's the one you're looking for. Which is weird to me, but yeah. That's the one you're looking for. Like, I'll, I'll do just a little bit less than that guy did. Yeah. And I'll be fine. Because I went to Harvard. <laughs> and I know how much is in there because I can break down the chemical <sighs> compounds. But the thing about it is, man, it, draw it for you. addiction, <laughs> you know, when people, when I, when I looked at addiction and I finally had people tell me that, you know, because I, I, look, I used for 20 some years, probably 25 probably, to be honest. In my last 10 years of active addiction, like, I was just miserable. I was miserable. I didn't know a way out. Didn't know anything. I had been using for this long, for 20 years. Like, I didn't know another life. 
Like what, what, what is out? What is different? What is, what is, what is sobriety? What is recovery? I have no idea. Like, you know, I see, I see only people I see are drug addicts and then people that I see that have their life together. And that looked miserable to me too. Right. Had the wife, the kids, the dog named Shep, the white picket fence, the wife hated him. Kids couldn't talk to him. My you know, dog's that's, named Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Your dog is named Steve? Yes. Who names their dog Steve? I do. Such a strange. Anyway, so. Why don't you just name him Chris or Bill? Because Scuba Steve, man. (laughs) Babe, we're going to get a cat and name it Chris. Perfect. (laughs) Yes. A cat named Brian. But it's such a roller coaster ride. And before you know it, you're at, you're doing things that you never thought you would do. You're in situations in environments that you never thought you would be in. You're, you're in trap houses. You're going to the dope man in, in really sketchy areas. And you're, you're around people that, you know, would assume, just assume shoot you in the face and take the last $10 you in your pocket. You love me. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe you're a female and you're getting sold by your boyfriend. And you, this was the boyfriend that you had in high school and you guys were happy on the football team. And just like you get yourself in the, such the, a. The sad part is you're like, I'm willing to go out there and sell myself because I got the easy money and we'll get high today. Well, and, and, and at, at the end of it all, like, like the things that you thought were completely disgusting and unacceptable are now just part of life. So here's my, here's my challenge in this video that just came to my mind. If anybody out there knows a successful financially and otherwise, meaning families all together, whether it be a spouse (laughs) or otherwise holding down a normal job and does heroin on the regular. Oh yeah. Please invite that bastard on this podcast because i show. really want to know let's get let's get him on a show now, i, I want to meet this uh, him or her you can you, your dog can get away with that i'm cool with that too i just want to know i want to meet this person because that's the one thing that i don't understand and somebody said it in a meeting one time and it, it struck a chord with me when they talk about insanity the typical definition of insanity is yeah. doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different result yet this woman put up True insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, even though you know the end result, you, you know do it anyways. That's that's addiction. That's insanity. That's addiction. Yeah. You know what it's going to do. Like you know this is going nowhere. Yep. There's not a successful story on the planet that anybody has ever brought to my table. There wasn't a dude that went raging into the building. You're all liars. I'm fine. <laughs> I do heroin every day. And... You know, and that's 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 what people. And that you know, is not a challenge to actually become no, that person. No. I, I just mean, want I, you to find and the that's why normies, existing person. And that's why normies can't understand the the um, you know the the obsession of the mind that that an addict goes through. The 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 this craving, this physical addiction, this mental addiction, this needing just to be well. I mean, you, you hear about people all the time and they, they give up their kids. They leave their kids. They they go to jails. They go to homelessness. They go all these things. And, and, it, and people look at you like, why don't you just stop? You know? And it's just, it's not, when, when it gets to that, when it finally gets to that point, like, it ha- you know, it has nothing to do with the physical addiction, right? You're 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 trying to fill some damn void inside of you, this hopelessness, and that's that's generally what it comes down to. Is like I have no other way of feeling good. 
I can't get my life out of this rut. I, I've lost everything and there's no getting it back. It's complete hopelessness that you just don't give a shit anymore. So is feeling nothing better than feeling good? Feeling nothing is better than feeling pain. Feeling nothing is better than feeling hopeless. Because the only time I ever had hope in my day was that first 30 seconds after I took that shot. I felt this sense of, and that's what I needed. And it's just like with the drink, you know, even in my alcoholism days where it was just mainly just alcohol, like, you know, you go all day to work or you would go all, maybe you would make it a couple days sober and you would just be irritable, restless, discontent, just uh, going a mile, million miles an hour and you're trying to make things work and nothing's really working out. And then you finally get off work and you're like, hell with it, I'm going to go have one drink. And then you sit down at the bar and you have one drink and it's that first big chug of jack daniels and coke and you're just like it's gonna be okay and that's i think that's what we seek and that's something that that can only you can you can't like recovery is not a there's no quick way there's no easy way there's no shortcut to it it's either i have to completely surrender and say you know what i need help can you help me because the the bad the bad news is when you become so addicted or you have addiction inside you, the bad news is you cannot do this alone. You can't. And the good news is you don't have to. There's millions of us out here who are willing to stick our hand out and say, look, this is what I did and this is what worked for me and it could possibly work for you if you do it like I did. I believe they all just got lost. That's just my personal opinion though. Yeah, I, I mean, believe it's I, just lost because I believe that anybody in their normal state of mind at the, at the point of their initial use, if they were told a story of like, hey, man, I'm, I'm, I, or woman, whatever, I hear you're having a bad day, I'm going to give you something. <laughs> and for like 45 seconds, maybe 45 minutes, everything's going to be amazing. The other side of that fence is it's possibly going to kill you. It's for sure going to ruin your life. Is what you're going through right now actually that bad? And I think a large percentage of us would say, I want to feel good for 45 minutes. Hmm. Why? Like, well, what could be going trying, on in your life that is so difficult that you would well, that's trying to the rest of your life over 45 minutes? That's trying to rationalize a spiritual malady. That's trying to rationalize. Well, I understand they got lost. That's what I'm saying. Like, in a sober mind, if you were actually understood of where you were going, it would all make more sense. And what I am, when we're talking about all this coddling and all these things, I believe that that is the cause of the problems we're having today is because we became all about, I need to get rid of all these bad emotions and all these crazy things. I got to get rid of them because if my feelings aren't twisted into the narrative that works for everybody, then I might as well just get rid of them instead of just embracing them, allowing them to be what they are and then move on. I think if you could give that speech and, and then really go big with that speech to a group of kids that haven't got that first opportunity to, to smoke that first joint, right. I think it'd be very effective. Good. You know what I mean? Sign me up. Where are you at? You know what I mean? Because... Once, once, because like I said, I think it's a gradual process and, you know, it starts for me, it started with alcohol, you know, alcohol does a lot to your inhibitions, right? And, you know, it, it makes you do things you wouldn't normally do. I know people who went out and I would never use methamphetamines, you know, ever. 
get them drunk for a few days. Next thing you know, they're around a bunch of people using meth. They're going to use meth. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, they're going to wake up the next week and they're going to realize, I like that, you know? And then, then it starts. Now, again, I do understand it because I I was stuck there for Right, too many years. I did heroin for over ten years. I yes. did a lot of things prior to that. Like I, for those that think I don't get it, I get it. What no, I no, don't no. get now is that I have personally, personally, gotten rid of that obsession. Overcame it. Yes, that and, obsession, not obsession in general. That obsession. Well, and that's I am still an addict. I am still going to work my face off because that's yeah. my new addiction. I am still going to beat myself up at the gym when I go there because that is my new addiction. I had to reframe the word addiction and turn it into a positive. Yep. And that I believe was the beat, the, the war of all wars that was going on was okay. Brian, stop focusing on the drugs. Stop focusing on other things. Start focusing on why, mm-hmm. why do I need, why is my brain to do this? this? Way. Yeah. Why is this happening? And what can I do about it? And then why do I want to do something about it? I believe that everything in the whole entire world could be fixed with the why. Well, here's the here's the other thing. So, getting into recovery, mm-hmm. you you've had a you've had some time in recovery. What will stop a person from making that conscious decision to relapse or to use again is first and foremost, step one: is admitting you're an alcoholic. Beyond any reasonable doubt, that you're an alcoholic or you're an addict, right? So you know that in, in generally, by for me, I knew because I tried all these different other methods. You know, the weekend, I'm only going to drink on the weekends. Yeah, I'm yeah. only going to drink wine. I'm people all, in jail too. I'm, 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 yeah, exactly. I'm only going to snort. I'm not going to use the needle no right. more. Right? I'm not in, and none of that worked for me. I'm going to use MAT. None of that worked for me. Sorry. Medically assisted treatment, by the way. Yes. And now I'm going to use Suboxone and I won't use, no, none of it worked for me because I'm an addict. Once I put any kind of drug in this mind to alter the state of being, then I'm going to be, that obsession of the mind is going to kick in and then this craving is going to kick in, the phenomenon of craving, and I'm just going to seek more, 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 more because that's me. But once you get some time in complete recovery, right? Um, Abstinence recovery. Once you get some time in that and you start making gains in your life, stuff because before when i was in early recovery i lived in a sober living i had no driver's license no health insurance no car insurance no not a dollar in my bank account like using then was incredibly easy because what am i going to lose once you make some gains in your life say you got a couple years in recovery and you make some gains and you start getting the driver's license the car the career the the family back these things and you start being a responsible person to other people besides yourself then it's a lot harder to think because you know if i do this because you, you admitted step one if i do this i'm going to lose all that it's See, just harder then, i would still it's a harder thing it's to do harder but i would still argue with you in in reality when you're 15 days sober, and you're like, what have I got to lose? 15 days of feeling good. 15 days of waking up not having to chase That's dope. a rational 15 thought. 15 days. <laughs> That's a rational thought. Yeah. One of which the majority of us don't have at 15 Get the f- over your emotions. <laughs> Sorry, we don't Chris. have that. We don't have that. We, we, we are. Like, you choose not to have that. We do, and because we don't have people like us sitting there beside us saying, look, brother. <laughs> look. <laughs> Beep. Look, you don't look, I know where you're at and I know what you're thinking. You don't have to do that because this right. is what's gonna happen and this is what you're gonna do. Instead of doing that, we're gonna do this, this, and this, and I'm gonna do it with you. Well no, I am not I'm not discounting right? that part. I'm just saying when you say it's it's easier because I got nothing to lose, I'm like, Yeah, hey, you do. 
You still got everything to lose. Right, you do. You do. But that's a rational thought that we don't have. And we, you know, we, we lack rationality. Right. We because do. there's too much emotion involved in the situation. And that's why I, for me, it's poor battling me. the addiction was battling my emotions. Come on. I cry. Come so on. So what? Come on. I do what I need to do. Yeah. I had to feel things again. And I hated feeling because I was raised in that. You're not allowed to feel anything. And you got to be a man. And nah, nah, nah. Yeah. No, I cry. All when right. things hurt, I cry. Period. Yes. Someone breaks my heart, baby. I cry. Cry, baby. <laughs> That's just the way it is. Sometimes I don't even know why. I'm an empathetic person. I have like a, I'm an energy source. So I feel people a lot when they're upset. Like if I see a woman cry, it'll get me choked up every single time. Every time. Cause I'm like, I feel that. I know what that feels like. And man, that hurts. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. I had to get, I had to get so comfortable with this is where I'm at. And this is what's going on. I came to work a week ago, and I had just found out at work I'd lost a friend. I started crying. Everybody at work is like, because I'm not that type at yeah. work, right? And they're like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm just, I'm dealing with something. Just give me a minute. Yeah. Let me push this through and accept these feelings because they're not bad. I'm crying because that's a good friend of mine that died. Yeah, That's sad. I'm allowed to cry about it. But as I'll soon be as o- I'm done. But I'll be okay. But I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the hardest things for us when we get into recovery is having this wave of all these different emotions that we haven't felt in the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Oh, it was the hardest. By sh- oh, man, I mean, that was when my emotions were out of control. I was crying over an Alpo commercial. <laughs> I was saving all the dogs on that commercial, that adoption. Yeah. I adopted like 27 angel. puppies that week, and I don't know where any of them are. <laughs> Does that sound good, Chris? No. Just 35 cents a day. Just 35 cents a day. No, I mean, and, and that's the hard part, right? Is being yeah. able to sit, being able to sit in those emotions yeah. and, and, and not drink or drug because of it, you know? What's up, Jess? No, it's just a good little quote that I came up with a while ago because I think everyone that suffers with addiction and alcoholism is, an, is, is a broken person. Anyone who can uh, relate to that is broken inside. And it was something that I came up with the other month and it was um in order to heal you need to feel and the more that you feel the more that you heal and it is so true in the program and once you once you are enlightened by that world and it, it is true i don't care whether people want to call you for it but the more that you feel the more that you heal and it, you may not think that you need healing but if you are someone that suffers with that kind of sickness you need to heal. You've got a broken piece. You've got trauma. You've got something in there you need to heal from. And the more that you feel, the more that you heal. It is so important. Well, can, I, so- can I rebut that? And I love what you're saying. Here's my, I don't like the word broken because when something's broken, it's not usable anymore. Broken I say, crowns are reusable. I say you're battle tested. You have been battle worn. You are not broken because you are still standing. You're broken when you're dead. You are unusable at that moment in time. You are no longer broken. You broken just, crown, still you color. You are just battle tested. And that means that it hurts and it sucks and you got scars and your paint job looks like crap. Tell and that to the bumper that I fixed with lots of tape, Brian. <laughs> it was broken. No. I made it fixed. It's not broken. Well, I, you broken know, is an unfixable item in my opinion. That's just personal opinion. Well, you know, look, either, either you're broken when... And that's why you start using drugs or you You do. may feel broken, and I get that. You feel broken for sure. Okay, but either, I want everybody to know you're not because you're still standing. You got, I promise you're not. Sorry if I offended you. <laughs> that's not where I was no, going No, but, 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 but listen, you're either, you either have some sort of, 
you're either broken prior to using any found drugs and they made you feel made you feel whole again mm-hmm. or you do enough really horrible things in your addiction that you become broken you know and that's when the hopelessness sets in, sets in you know okay because there's a lot you of do drugs and alcohol for the most part because you feel i think in the beginning for the most part uh, you feel too many things and you want something to take away for me and i know for you you want something to take away what you were feeling because you didn't want to feel and that i think the flip side is like feeling more definitely helps you heal more but it doesn't work you can't take away feelings. No, and that's the thing. It's just, you can pause them until 10 years later. And that's what I did. You know what I mean? And then, and then they hit but you. But you haven't gotten rid of anything. So the, the answer to to all of this is simple, guys. Like, there is no easy way out of it. No. And you You're can't, not supposed to be. You cannot. Like, it's not it's so hard. Well, yeah, it's hard. Life is hard. Everything great, Get over in, it. everything great in your life is going to be incredibly hard. I don't And it's it. going to require an extreme amount of action. Here's my violin because every single person on the whole entire planet has a hard life. It's so hard. Everything's hard. But here's the thing. It's hard, but you don't have to do it alone. You can call me. You can reach out right now. We'll get you into treatment, mm-hmm. period. And, you know, everybody's like, well, your answer is treatment. Yeah, it is. It's the, it's it's my answer. It's the foundation. Because, you know, here's the simple fact is we got to get you away from people, places, and things for a little bit. We got to get you away from, from responsibilities and life and all this stuff coming at you. And we got to take some time to sit you still for a minute and have you focus on re- what's really going on with you. It's really hard to try to get clean and sober after so many years of doing drugs, try to get clean and sober and still have to deal with everything that life has to throw at you. It's like, okay, let's take a pause for a minute. Let's take a pause. You have the ways to do it. You have the means to do it. Let's take a pause. Let's set you down. Be still. Feel those emotions. Feel those emotions in a controlled environment where you got professionals sitting there showing you and talking to you and walking you through those emotions and walking you on on ways to respond and not respond to those emotions. That's where your growth is going to take in. And that will be the foundation for your recovery. Respond and not react. I like it. I'm just being an asshole. I like it and I love you for it. (laughs) (laughs) But there, and that's what I had to learn is how, how to react and how not to react. Because a lot of times I didn't need to react and I did. Like that's not that's not my my sponsor tells me all the time, don't pick up don't pick up that bag of shit. it's not yours. You know, and I'm going around picking up everybody's crap that isn't mine. You know what I mean? And he's like, Bro, what are you what, what are you doing? Right. And I have to just be involved in everything, don't I? You know, and that's part of my character defects. And those are the main I live in step six and seven. Six and seven is working on, you know, your shortcomings and your character defects, and that's where all the majority of all people are different right people have trauma in their fourth and their eighth step is the hardest and they got to get through that fourth some people have trouble with the higher power and god and their third steps for most difficult some people even have trouble step number one and that's just admitting beyond a reasonable doubt beyond any doubt that they're an alcoholic or an addict that's hard but for me it's character defects and shortcomings and that's the stuff that hits me in the face every single day and that's the stuff I have to get held accountable for. I have to have people in my corner to say, hey, man, what what, what was that? And, you know, it is not for once you get so many years in recovery, it's not about drinking or drugging. I have no desire, no obsession, no train of thought to ever use a drink again. I just don't. I haven't had one in a really long time. But what does affect me is some of those same behaviors, some of those same uh, character defects popping up on a daily basis. You know, and saying, you know, Marty, you're an a-hole. 
that's that's, a, that's a, I don't want to you know once you get clean stuff you don't want to be that no more you don't want to be that you don't want to be rude you don't want to be egotistical you don't want to be you know uh, stepping on people's toes and insulting people and and just being a, a cheater you know uh, somebody who steals you don't want to be all these different things you don't want to be that no more you know and it takes actual pen to paper and working and being aware being aware of them being aware of them is one of the most important things. If you're not aware that you're stepping on somebody's toes and you're going to do that for every day until somebody says, hey, you know what, bro? No. And you're like, oh, whoa. I didn't even know I did that. You know? And that's what it takes. It just, you know, there, that's what I meant by there's no shortcuts. You've got to apply yourself in every aspect of your life. It's not about drinking or drugging. It's all the 1,000 other aspects of your life where you're screwing up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's that stuff we have to work on, you know? And <laughs> you got help out here. So there's always plenty of help. Yes, guys. So if you're struggling with drugs or alcohol, again, reach out. Somebody will help you. If they won't help you, I will. Just call me. My number's down there, and we'll get you the help that you deserve. You Absolutely. Yes. But still, like and subscribe. Share us with your friends. Go back in some of the other podcasts and listen to more of the crap that we like to talk about. We, we probably. Uh, on the last oh, episode, sure. last episode, we probably will get canceled over. So that's okay. Come for me. I'll come back. <laughs>